This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Monday, November 30th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. New report on ag burning. A biased judge and imperial suit. Broadband backers seek to fix maps. Air district plans to further reduce ag burning. In a new report, the San Joaquin Valley Air District has released its latest recommendations for reducing agricultural burning to improve air quality. The amount of acreage allowed for burning rice double would drop from 70% to 25% under the recommendations. Burning weeds along levees and banks would still be allowed, along with prunings for apples, pears, and quince fruit. The report also recommends tightening parameters for burning tree nut prunings and removals from citrus orchards and vineyards. Remember, the district reviews and refines the policies every five years in a report to the Air Resources Board. Many members of the board favor a complete and immediate ban on all burning. The industry has been racing to develop feasible alternatives for several crops that have been allowed exemptions to the current burning prohibitions. Judge was biased in imperial case on farm water rights. Farmer Michael Abadi spent years litigating the Imperial Irrigation District, or IID, over how it limited his water supply during a drought shortage. In 2017, a county court judge ruled in favor of Abadi. That decision was largely reversed this past summer. Now, IID has won a ruling to disqualify that county judge from the case. IID Board President Norma Galindo says this affirms the belief that this judge demonstrated bias against the district. The ruling will likely lead to Abadi having to cover millions of dollars in costs and attorney's fees going back to 2013. Western growers back aquaponics in defending organic certification. Aquaponic producers are fighting a lawsuit that seeks to revoke organic certification for hydroponic operation because they don't grow food in soil. Aquaponics is a food production method integrating fish and plants in a closed soilless system, the group said in a November 23rd statement signed by dozens of other groups. This symbiotic relationship mimics the biological cycles found in nature. The association, along with the Coalition for Sustainable Organics, Western Growers Association, and the Scots Company has asked to participate as a friend of the court in the lawsuit in California, which is led by the Center for Food Safety. Numerous studies demonstrate that organic hydroponic growers are able to establish the same quantity and diversity of microbiology, a fundamental component of organic agriculture found in soil production methods, their brief says. More than 90% of endangered species adversely affected by glyphosate, the EPA finds, More than 90% of endangered species are, quote, likely to be adversely affected by use of glyphosate, but mostly through non-agriculture uses. The Environmental Protection Agency concluded in a draft biological evaluation of the impacts of the herbicide released Wednesday. The evaluation was conducted to comply with the Endangered Species Act, which prohibits federal agencies from engaging in actions like jeopardize the continued existence of threatened or endangered species. 
EPA is asking for public comment on the evaluation for 60 days. Once EPA analyzes the comments it receives, it will issue a final BE determining whether use of glyphosate, commonly sold under the brand name Roundup, may affect ESA-listed species of their critical habitats. If so, it will have to consult with the Fish and Wildlife Service and the National Marine Fisheries, which will prepare their own evaluations, identifying ways to ameliorate those impacts, including possible restrictions. You can read our full report at agripulse.com. Congress returns to Washington with government funding top of mind. The House and Senate are both headed back to Capitol Hill this week as a partial government shutdown looms at the end of next week. A continuing resolution that expires next Friday is currently funding the government, giving lawmakers the next two weeks to either pass another stopgap measure or an omnibus package to last the rest of the fiscal year. One bright spot? AgriPulse has told that House and Senate leaders have agreed on spending caps for the 12 individual appropriation bills that are expected to make up the omnibus. You can read more on the days to come at our Washington Week Ahead at AgriPulse.com. Broadband stakeholders to Biden. Fix maps. Rural broadband advocates are urging the incoming Biden administration to prioritize improving the maps used to identify gaps in high-speed Internet service around the country. Shirley Bloomfield, CEO of NTCA, the Rural Broadband Association, says the country could do a better job of understanding where coverage is rather than just relying on carriers doing self-reporting. We need to know where the broadband is, what speeds are available, and we need to target those resources to those areas where they are unavailable or low speeds, Bloomfield told AgriPulse. Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue is among the critics of the existing coverage maps, referring to them once as, quote, fake news. Can tech fix ag's environmental challenges? Don't miss part four of our series, Agriculture's Sustainable Future, Feeding More While Using Less, which posts at agripulse.com today. This week, we look at the potential for various types of technology, from new biologicals to feed additives and vertical farming, to help farmers produce the food the world wants and needs while reducing U.S. ag's environmental impact. Marty Matlock, a University of Arkansas professor who advises sustainability programs for numerous farm commodities, is excited about the potential of nitrogen-fixing microbial products to slash the carbon footprint of animal feed and the pork and poultry that it's used to produce. House Republican address climate by unlocking technology. South Dakota GOP Representative Dusty Johnson says the key to addressing climate change in a way that is economical is to promote innovation rather than relying on what he calls the economics of scarcity or requiring Americans to make do with fewer resources. We are going to do a lot more in technology. We're going to do a lot more in entrepreneurship, Johnson says in this week's AgriPulse open mic interview. We're going to do a lot more to help people do better practices. That's the way you solve environmental problems. Now take note, Johnson, who's the ranking Republican of the House Ag Committee's Subcommittee on USDA Oversight and Nutrition, appears to have a favorite for the next agriculture secretary. 
that former North Dakota Senator Heidi Heitkamp. Johnson says the Ag Secretary needs to understand the agriculture sector as well as nutrition programs and other responsibilities of USDA. Heitkamp, quote, underhands all sides of this equation in a way that many other candidates don't. Johnson also says he's going to press the Biden administration to make sure China doesn't backtrack on the changes it made in trade regulations and policy as a part of the Phase 1 agreement. If they try to be kind to China, that kindness is going to be mistaken for weakness and will be taken advantage of. We have to hold the line there, he said. Here's today's He Said It. We can't let the regulatory process take longer than it takes to actually build the infrastructure. That Mike Wade, executive director of the California Farm Water Coalition, in an op-ed for Fox and Hounds urging policies to help farmers adapt to climate extremes. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Monday, November 30th. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Daly.